Today, we are joined on the Hudson Mohawk magazine by Mayor Montello to discuss her first month plus in office. Mayor Montello, welcome to the Hudson Mohawk magazine or welcome back to the Hudson Mohawk magazine. Thank you so much for inviting me, Dee. And, you know, it's been a whirlwind of five weeks, huh? That's exactly true. A whirlwind. You have been busy taking on things like removing the sauce, have roundabout bulk garbage drop off at the Alamo, creating the quality of life task force, just to name a few, lots of physical cleanup. Where does the money come from for all this extra work? Can you keep that up financially with the city? And what else do you have in store for the quality of life task force? The good news for folks is uh, it's utilizing existing resources. So it, it's ironic that you you mention money because a couple of people I've been out and about with the crews and, you know, we've been literally getting right down to the pavement, cleaning, sweeping, you know, blocks upon blocks and really taking Berg, North Central and South Troy specifically where going to hit the east side and sick away. A couple of folks have come out, EP, and they've asked, you know, Carmilla, how are you doing this? And why wasn't it done before? And, you know, I talked about it for my eight years as council president. I oversaw the Canal Corporation, 500 employees, 524 miles of network waterway. And I was able to see firsthand how to really utilize your existing staff and really think out of the box. It hasn't costed a dime more for the taxpayers, but we're essentially really just re-energizing our workforce, boosting our morale. The employees have stepped up incredibly. I cannot say enough about them. You know, from DPU with the traffic circle, as you mentioned, and, you know, that was just City Hall basically given the you know what, the finger to the residents, because from day one, the residents knew that that was not a good option. However, City Hall didn't listen to the residents and myself, $120,000 that traffic circle costs. It costs $0 to take it out. But the fact was, it became more of a public safety hindrance than a public safety correction. So there were several accidents on SAUCE and 15th. You know, I said from day one, folks are paying taxes and fees up here. And my job is to get services, which are down here right now, back up to where their taxes and fees, they actually see real results. And, you know, if there's less popular places where residents think are dangerous, like the sauce of roundabout. What is the best way to get those areas to City Hall's attention? So I'm super accessible. Folks can contact me either through email. Um, our staff now, they're super accessible. They can contact the deputy mayor, our head of streets. But stating that there are other areas that, you know, do require just thinking differently in terms of public safety. I actually had a phone call with President Marty. He likes to be called Marty up at RPI. And Burdett is a real concern with the students walking. So I actually am having traffic go up there. They're going to put a little more signage. So we are going to look at potentially putting some type of island in the middle of Burdett. 
I would love to spend more time on traffic, but I should push on for a few other issues. You put forward an emergency declaration to fill the empty controller position. The council minority says that this is to avoid competitive bidding and council oversight. Can you just talk about the plan to fill this position and why there was an emergency declaration to do so? It is unfortunate that the council president chose that route because we actually had a meeting. I informed everyone, even before day one, you know, when Andy resigned, I actually asked Andy, what do you do January, February, March? Andy's the comptroller. He said, we closed the books to 2023. He said, there's not a ton to do because think about it, you're just beginning in all the 2023 numbers, whether it be sales tax, fines and violations, levy on your taxes, et cetera. That's all closed. We have a number of reports to file with the comptroller, our ARPA monies reporting. So he resigned literally three weeks before January 1st, but his last day was days before January 1st. I couldn't fill that position until I took office, obviously. To find a comptroller, we are very fortunate. We actually offered another municipal head of budget in a certain department, I can't reveal it yet, but he did give notice to his municipality. But I had stated from day one, we're going to go on two tracks here. We're going to hire a firm, and we talked to various firms, and uh, this particular firm, ProNexus, actually does this for other municipalities, and at the same time, seek a comptroller. So we've done both. I declared the emergency to get ProNexus in the door. The person is actually in the office as we speak. And so the council president knew that whether she related to the minority, you know, I'm not sure the council majority, but the transition team knew it was very public that we were going to go on two tracks. The prior comptroller, Andy, actually thought that this was a good path, too. And the reason we declared an emergency, they did the same thing when Andy actually had left early last year to go to Shenandoah. This is um, something that's been done before. We now have ProNexus on. We're not going to take steps backwards with our reporting. And we're really fortunate because I've only been here four weeks. And we now have a comptroller starting within the next week and a half. Well, thank you, Mayor, for going into that a little bit. There has been a lot of struggle with people to find housing, to keep housing. Over the years, there have been proposals like good cause eviction legislation in New York. The council minority also recently expressed interest in establishing a community-based housing task force to address issues like skyrocketing rent. And I'm wondering where you are going to put your energy in terms of our housing problems in Troy and addressing affordable housing a couple fronts, you know, first and foremost, our code department, I'm talking a good 10 years, EB, has not been up to par, and I'm putting that very nicely. Um, so we did hire a full-time engineer. You've already seen a number of buildings, whether they're buildings that can be uh, reused, uh, for instance, down Berg just last week, a Red X building, the back of the building, 
um, was leaning against a neighbor's house for several years. We held the landlord accountable. Landlord took the back part, which could have happened years ago, but didn't. And then the front part, he's now going to restore, renovate, and then rent out. So our code is first and foremost, and we're literally overhauling code as we speak. Our landlord registry has not been kept up to date for six years, if not longer. Um, so we have one person in code literally starting from scratch and updating the landlord registry. Additionally, I do plan to sign a pro-housing letter and send that to the governor and the uh, Division of Housing and Community Renewal Commissioner. As you know, the governor has outlined several different plans toward housing. And essentially, if we want to be open to various grants, which we do have DRI and other state grants, we need to essentially also be a partner in that process. Additionally, the housing task force, I have looked at that. I must tell you, that's a study. And quite frankly, City of Hudson did do it. And I did look at their study. It was very intense. Uh, it did cost tens of thousands of dollars from what I understand. We're going to take action. We don't need a study right now, 60 pages long. We're going to take action. We're, as you know, implement our Quality of Life Action Task Force, which is all about not just clean air streets and um, addressing public safety issues, it's also a lot about our code. I do plan to look at a residential occupancy permit program. So we have a number of things in the works. And quite frankly, I'm not inclined to uh, spend tens of thousands of dollars right now on a study. Regarding our encampments, things like that, we have escalated our team and our partnership with Joseph's House. I actually just met with Joseph's House on another issue. We're part of a consortium with Schenectady uh, and Colony for housing. And we actually are talking to Joseph's House about trying to find a foreclosed house in the city of Troy or something the land bank owns for family shelter. These would actually be units, and we're looking at various uh, buildings in the city of Troy for a partnership with Joseph's House. So it's our job to find the services, find the resources for these folks. It's it's our job to try to at least get these folks um, to capitalize on government services. And, and that encampment on the RPI land at Prospect Park, I can tell you, AP, it was just absolutely horrible. And I know folks were saying that's terrible taking an encampment. I would not allow my dog or an animal to live what they were living in. They deserve better. They deserve a shower, a bed, uh, a toilet, and we're going to provide that to them. And two folks, you should know, who did not capitalize on services and denied services during the summer now are with Joseph's house. We had a win. And that's what we're, me at least, that's what I'm geared toward, action. Mm. Well, I'm glad to hear that you had a meeting with Joseph's house post that encampment breakup. I think there was a concern from the community about how much time and notice folks got, even, even if it's horrible living conditions, it was their home. So I'm wondering if there 
is this sort of processing that takes place on the administration's end when obviously you see it as a win, but are there lessons to be learned from how the city is going about some of these actions? Well, first and foremost, the the time uh, was extended twice. So there was not a quick turnaround on this. Folks literally um, were given a couple of weeks before uh, the encampment started to be broken down. Nipi, you should know when I was on site, I must tell you, I've never um, been involved in a process like that. Joseph's house, they were incredible. They were patient. They just were so compassionate. And for me to see that process in action was, you know, truly an eye-opening experience for me. You know, one one of the, the folks that were living up there was a hoarder, and we even, we gave them another week because they didn't want to leave. I get it. But at the same time, we couldn't allow what was happening up there. They were using propane tanks as heat. There were public safety issues. But but saying that, we can always do things better. One of the things, um, you know, that Amy from Joseph's House did say, um, unfortunately, the press got wind of uh, the encampment breakdown. And there were a couple channels up there. And they were concerned about that. The, the good news, the press did work with us and didn't film any of the folks. And, you know, but... Obviously, it's out in the public, so we couldn't um, stop that. But saying that there, you know, we do plan to continue meeting, continue talking. And at the end of the day, we're going to continue with our, you know, proactiveness. We're going to continue working together. Mayor, I just wanted to wrap up with you have the state of the city coming up in a couple of weeks on February 21st. Is there anything that we didn't touch on today related to the state of the city that you want to make sure our audience knows? Absolutely. Um, you probably saw our water plant. You know, we were the envy of the capital region uh, that was, you know, touted as one of the top five water plants in the country. Um, the lead replacement line, she'll hear some discussion about that, but we plan, we have $5 million. We are going to upgrade our water plant. Safe drinking water is, you know, first and foremost, right next to police fire. Uh, we're really going to focus on that. We're focusing, as you know, the pump station leaking for over a year and a half, corroding a main line. Uh, we are going to focus on our infrastructure at the end, you know, whether it be roads milled and paved, we're going to spend this money. I also have seen grants that uh, have not been uh, spent. We're going to spend those monies. We're going to be proactive. We're going to continue our quality of life action task force. The Nick pool, uh, we're escalating that timeline. Um, so there's a lot of great things in store. Um, and we're just, folks are going to see their services uh, match taxes and fees, and they're going to see their streets clean, and they're going to see their streets safer. Great. Thank you so much for taking all this time and joining us on the Hudson Mohawk Magazine today. 
Thank you so much, Hippie. And I'm always available and I always enjoy our time talking. Thank you. Excellent.